stand in reverence as we read from the Holy Scriptures this morning from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 25. He writes, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And He will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces and the disgrace of His people. He will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for Him so that He might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in His salvation. This is the Word of God for the people of God. As they say, two things are certain, death and taxes. Have you done your taxes yet? Haven't quite quite gotten to mine, maybe tomorrow. Not my favorite thing to do. But our author takes on the bigger one, death. The thing that, because we are self-aware creatures, looms over us larger in our psyches than other creatures. It's something we all share in common. We are all going to die. We know that death is coming to all of us. And we struggle with what to do when we stare into the face of death. Christians have a season before Easter called Lent, the 40 days before Easter, not counting Sundays, where we're invited to reflect deeply on our own mortality. The first day of the season of Lent we call Ash Wednesday. In that service, we look at these hard questions, these deep issues that each of us face in life. In our United Methodist Book of Worship, in the preface for the Ash Wednesday service, it says this, in this service we'll emphasize a dual encounter. We confront our own mortality and confess our sin before God within the community of faith. The form and content of the service focuses on the dual themes of sin and death in the light of God's redeeming love in Jesus Christ. In light of God's redeeming love in Jesus Christ. As Christians, we're all to face everything in our life in the light of Christ's redeeming love. No matter what circumstances or experiences we are having, we're to face those in light of Christ's redeeming love. Having faith in Christ and His resurrection paints death in a different light. Now, Isaiah, who wrote what we read just a few moments ago, writes ages before Jesus walked the earth, and yet he speaks of these same kinds of issues. He speaks 
with such confidence that God is able and God is willing to help us face our death and the death of those with whom we care about. He speaks with confidence. I think perhaps you heard it in verse 7 where he wrote, and God will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. God will swallow up death forever. God will swallow up death forever. It's a bold proclamation And yet Isaiah speaks with such deep trust and great confidence that his God will be there for him. How about you? Do you have that same kind of trust and confidence in God? That God is present with you? And that God is willing and able and wants to help you? Isaiah says, God will swallow up death forever. But when we're this close to death, sometimes it's hard to hang on to that. When someone we know has died, when we lost a beloved family pet, when we age and begin to think more about our own death, sometimes it almost overwhelms us. Lent, this season before Easter, was a little bit like that for me. Early in Lent, my mother-in-law passed away after a long illness. And then Mary Wheeler Brown, one of our great leaders here at Boston Avenue, a friend of mine for decades, a confidant, always an encourager, fell ill like that and died during Lent. And then a few days later, Ann Dietert, Another member here, but she had been my Sunday school teacher all during high school through those formative years of faith. She was there every Sunday listening to our questions and our concerns, giving us hope and faith, teaching us about Jesus and the Gospels and the Bible and how we could feel free to ask our questions and have our doubts that God was able to see us through it all. She was such a model of faith for me. And she came to the end of her life and passed on during Lent. And we were almost not finished with her service before her husband, Norman, fell ill and passed just a few days later as well. And then my cousin, who had moved here from out of town to spend his retirement years with family, fell ill, went to the hospital, and never got to go home again. And yet Isaiah says, in the face of all of that, do not despair. Wait. Wait. Wait for this Lord, this God, who is willing and able to see you through it all. In verse 9, Isaiah proclaims it will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for Him so that He might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. And then later in Isaiah, even a better known passage, perhaps you'll recognize this, Isaiah writes, Have you not known 
Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah tells us about his experience and how important it is to wait on the Lord. We are to wait for God, to look for God, to expect God to be at work in our lives for good. The Gospels tell us that centuries later, there were still some Jews waiting for God to come in the form of a Messiah. They were waiting for the Lord. And then they tell us that some of them became convinced that in fact God did come to the earth in the form of Jesus of Nazareth, in the form of a Messiah, a Savior, and a servant. God's love in the flesh walking among us. All the Gospels tell the story of how they came to believe that this could be possible. I want to read you just a few verses from Matthew chapter 28 as he tells us about that day. He writes, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has been raised, as he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. This is my message for you. Jesus has been raised. He is alive Do not be afraid, for God's love and power transcend even death. Our affirmations remind us that God is with us in life and death and life beyond death, that this God Isaiah talks about is willing and able to stand with us and to see us through all things. Isaiah is bold to proclaim such a thing when he says on this mountain, the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheets that spread over all the nations, God will swallow that up. God will swallow up death forever. But then on that day, we will proclaim, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. As I was reading over and over this text, 
reflecting on what God might want to say to us, I began to think about one of Jesus' parables, the parable of the prodigal son. And all of a sudden, I began to think Jesus told this story, but it's very much his story as well. I had never noticed it before. But remember, the story is that a son asks for his inheritance and leaves his father's side to go out into the world. And I thought, isn't that the story of Jesus being sent from his father's side to go out into the world? But the prodigal, it says, wastes his money in riotous living and ends up wallowing in the mud with the pigs. He is hungry. He is broken. He is lost. He is suffering. And I thought, isn't kind of the same thing happening to Jesus. Oh, he enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday with great triumph, but then his story takes a surprising turn, and he ends up being arrested and tortured and suffering death upon a cross, just as the prodigal son is suffering in his own life. But then do you remember how Jesus tells about the prodigal That he came to himself, Jesus says, and realized that he should head home to the Father. He knows he's not deserving to go be back a part of the family, but he thinks at least I could go and be a servant. And he heads back home. And he's shocked when his father runs out to greet him and welcomes him back into the family with love and says it's time to celebrate And I thought of this last week of Jesus' life as he goes through this surprising turn from triumphal entry into suffering and finally death. But just like the prodigal story doesn't end in the mud and the suffering, Jesus' story doesn't end in the tomb or at the cross. Jesus says that the Father of the prodigal son not only welcomes him home but says to his servants it's time to celebrate get this boy a robe put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet in other words he's restoring him fully into the family he says get the fatted calf and slaughter it it's time to celebrate this son of mine was dead and is alive again It's the story of Jesus told in a parable. I had never noticed it before. Now, the parable is the story of restoration, but I think it also gives us a glimpse of the resurrection of how new life is offered to us out of God's great love for us. Easter Sunday proclaims God saying, Here is my son who was dead. And he is alive again. Might we be willing to echo Isaiah to speak with confidence when we're facing death, believing that God is willing and able to see us through. Isaiah says, when we get to that day, let us be glad and rejoice. It's time to celebrate. Easter Sunday proclaims it's time to celebrate God's love. Let us be glad and rejoice 
for Christ is risen today. Alleluia and alleluia. Amen.